We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to circle back and discuss the story of Don Lemon and his contention that the church needs to reevaluate its 2,000-year-old teachings about sexual fidelity, sexual dignity, and about God himself. And then I'm going to bring onto the show my wife, Marcy Piper, to discuss sex trafficking in more detail and what you can do about it. She will give you practical advice and practical steps. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. A belated happy Easter to all of you. Today we're going to discuss Easter, the resurrection of Christ, the gospel, the evangel, the good news of Jesus, his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, and the salvation that we have through him. 2,000 years of teaching of the church, teachings that Don Lemon and people like him, people of his ilk, somehow think they can just disregard, reevaluate, and recreate a new religion, Christianity, they call it, in their image. That's going to be part of today's show. But I'm also bringing back Marcy Piper, my wife, to discuss sex trafficking, human trafficking, and what you can do about it. She and I were talking about this, obviously, off-air, and Marcy's feeling was that we identified the problem in a previous show, but we really didn't give you a lot of action items, a lot of things that you could do about it. So she's going to come on today's show, and she's going to spend about five minutes or so giving you that advice, that direction, those action items, and those steps, some practical things that you can do. By the way, the episode that Marcy um, was a guest on, I believe it was 197, uh, that particular episode If you listen to it live on Radio KOKL or if you listen to it via the podcast, it received more views, more listens than any show we've ever done. And in fact, our algorithms show that we almost hit 14,000 clicks and listens last month, which is a record for us. And about 13,000 of those were just because Marcy was on the show, quite frankly. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to, Marcy brought this idea up, and I think we're going to give it a try. We can't do it this week because Marcy is traveling. She has to fly to Indianapolis for a conference up there. But when she gets back, we're going to start a weekly episode. We're going to call it Mondays with Marcy. And we're going to try to do a little dialogue between the two of us because apparently you all really enjoyed that. We almost had a thousand listens just on that particular show itself. So I'm going to bring Marcy on the show right now, and she's going to talk about the sex trafficking issue, but not describe the problem to you as much as she did the last time. She might remind you of the problem, but she's going to give you some advice. So welcome to The Rebellion, my wife, Marcy Piper. Thank you, and it's great to be back on here with you all. Uh, Just a reminder that, um, as Everett mentioned, it's episode 197, so I'm not going to go through stats and information. We did a lot of that in that episode. Um, The title was Sex Trafficking is Real and is Likely in Your Own Backyard. 
What I just wanted to share with you briefly uh, today is what you can do about it because we share the problem, but oftentimes people are then, I'm, I'm interested, I want to do something, but what do I do? And maybe it's just me or maybe a small group. Um, so I just want to give you some ideas today. First, I want to tell you the most important thing you can start by doing is educating yourself. So there's lots of ways you can do that. Um, you can read books. Uh, Gary Hogan from International Justice Mission, um, one of his really strong and good books that I think would, um, it'll wake you up, but also give you some really excellent information is called Locus Effect. Um, and there's a subtitle to that, but that is one to start. And I can give you lots more. Just by the way, we will put some of these links in the show notes for this particular episode. And then if you have questions, uh, want some more specific information, please feel free to go to dreverpiper.com contact, send Everett a note, and he'll connect you with me and we can answer some more questions. The other thing you can do besides read is there's tons of great videos and films with stories, both on places like the International Justice Mission, um, OUR or Operation Underground Railroad has some really great videos and stories that they post both on social media and on their website. Uh, and they have a film coming out next fall. Um, Exodus Road has a great film um, on human trafficking in the U.S. called Jaden's Story. And then the other thing I would suggest on the education side of things is to start following accounts on social media. Uh, they're a great way to learn. They're all sharing constantly. Again, International Justice Mission, ORU, those are some of my favorite. Um, Exodus Cry is an excellent one, and they do a lot of work, especially in the area of pornography. A21 in the A21 campaign started by Christine Kane is a good one to follow. They have tons of good information. Um, and then there's a smaller organization that I'm particularly fond of and have been involved with that does some work overseas. Um, and has great ways for you to get involved is called Venture, B-E-N-T-U-R-E.com. And they're a great one. And again, if you're interested in any of these and have more questions, let me know. And then I think it's important to share what you learn. So once you learn, you need to share it. Uh, if you've seen the film by William Wilberforce, the amazing, not by William Wilberforce, about William Wilberforce. That would have been quite a, tried a, quite a <laughs> trick for him to actually produce that Yeah, film. that would have been tricky. Anyways, Amazing Grace uh, about William Wilberforce and his fight against slavery in the UK. Um, one of his quotes on that film that always hits home to me, if you remember that film, I believe it's when he's on a ship and he takes these wealthy, influential people out for a ride for the day and then stops them next to the slave ship, tells them what the reality is about slavery. And then he says, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. And that is true, going to be true for you once you educate yourself. And then you need to help others look and see as well. And then finally, I would suggest that certainly all of these organizations in any fight needs your support. But there are a variety of ways you can do that. Certainly, um, donations are one way. Just donating to a particular organization that you find is doing great work. There are even areas in your community where you're finding that people are involved in fighting trafficking, even with uh, in shelters and um, services to young children. You might find in your community that you want to be involved in, as well as some of these national and international organizations. 
The others are sponsorships, sponsoring children. Um, I have a particular um, group of children in the Southeast Asia area that we help with, but we are also looking for them to have continued support. If you're interested in sponsoring children in Southeast Asia who are um, in a situation where they've been trafficked or abandoned, um, please contact us. I'd love to connect you. We are looking particularly to add some sponsorships there, and I'd love to let you know about that. And then finally, and probably most importantly, not, not probably, definitely most importantly, is to pray. Prayer really matters. And all of these organizations will share with you their prayer requests, and you will get information from them. Or if you sign up for newsletters, you're able to do that. And then several of them have prayer guides. And again, I'll share as many links as possible in the show notes, but a couple that you could look for. Um, one in particular, A21 that I mentioned, the A21 campaign. If you look that up on the Version app, they have a prayer guide and a devotional guide that will walk you through praying for both victims, um, perpetrators, and those who are involved in rescue um, and sharing um, biblical verses that you can pray through for all of those involved in that issue. So those are just some ways um, that you can both, first of all, educate yourself and then find ways to become involved. And I'd be happy again to share more ideas with you. Okay. So Marcy, one more time, where do they go to access the show notes and where do they go to get you a note and contact you and get more instructions and coaching as to what, what to do? What uh, website should they go to? Okay. For show notes, um, if you go to the podcast, whatever you're looking at, uh, listening it on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, etc. Underneath the title of each of those notes, you should be able to find um, a description of the podcast, and then below that will be those links that are available. So you should be able to link it right from there for anything that we share in terms of links in the podcast, and we're going to continue to try to do that more, but for sure we will with these. And then the other would be to go to Everett's website, dreverettpiper.com, and you'll see the contact tab, or it's dreverettpiper.com slash contact. And there you can um, send him an email. And in doing that, and let him know what your questions are or let you want to contact me, and he will share with you personally how to get in touch with me. Okay, so if you're listening to this via radio, KOKL Radio, then go to dreverettpiper.com as Marcy just suggested, and that's the way you can communicate with us. If you're listening to it via podcast, she told you go to Spotify, go to um, SoundCloud, whatever the platform is that you use to listen to the podcast, and then the show notes are there. And also remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, that you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. I want to thank Marcy for joining us today on The Rebellion, and we're going to pause right now and take a couple minutes to acknowledge our corporate sponsors. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I'm really excited about this uh, idea that Marcy and I have, well, it's Marcy's idea, and I think it's a great idea. I mean, I'm serious. We had nearly a thousand listens just for that one episode where Marcy uh, came on as a guest and told you all about the sex trafficking and the human trafficking, the modern-day slavery is what it is. And it's that's not hyperbole. That's what it is. These young kids, boys and girls, are purchased. They're purchased. They're bought as slaves. And then they're trafficked. They're used as slaves over and over again 
within the sex industry. Is there anything that is more evil than that? And as Marcy said in quoting the um, uh, in quoting Wilberforce, who, as you know, I've referenced him repeatedly, fought the slave trade, the British slave trade, for over 25 years on the floor of the British Parliament. And essentially on his deathbed, there was victory. He finally prevailed. And the British Parliament, the British government, Great Britain, the United Kingdom, abolished the slave trade because of his tenacity. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. At that time in history, the deception was the claim that a black man was not human, that a black woman was not human. And Wilberforce challenged this Christian nation of Great Britain and said, is this not a man? Is this not a woman? The result was victory. Took time, but there was victory. Now, because we're talking about sex trafficking, the slave trade, sexual dignity, sexual identity, sexual morality, let's get into the story of Don Lemon. Because there's a direct parallel here. I uh, talked about this last week, but I want to dig deeper into it. And I want to respond to Don Lemon with Scripture, because he's the one that brought up Christianity. He's the one who said that the church needs to reevaluate its teaching and do some reexamination of itself. So I'd like to respond to that. So just to repeat, last Monday, a week ago today, CNN host Don Lemon came strutting onto the world stage to declare with almost ex-cathedra confidence that Christian orthodoxy, Christian orthodoxy in its 2,000 years of church teaching on sexual dignity and sexual morality, and even about God himself, is all wrong. This is what Don Lemon said. I think that the Catholic Church and many other churches really need to re-examine themselves. Their teaching is not what God is all about. God is not about hindering people or even judging people, close quote. I'm serious. That's what he said. The church's teaching, the Catholic church's teaching, evangelical Christianity's teaching, Christianity's teaching about sexual morality, sexual fidelity, sexual dignity, and even all other things with regard to God. Hindering people, judging people, that's not what God is all about. And we need to re-examine ourselves, says Don Lemon. Well, with all due respect, to Don Lemon's superior theological training and his ecclesiastical wisdom, it might be wise to consider what the actual teachings of the church are before we toss them on the ash heap of Don Lemon's call for re-examination. So here's just a smattering of some of what the church has taught for two millennia concerning hindering people and judging people, and even more importantly, what God is all about. The Apostle Peter defined Jesus as both God and Savior. St. Paul told us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. After seeing the risen Christ, doubting Thomas declared Jesus to be my Lord and my God. There was a physician named Luke who authored the book of Acts and the gospel that carries his name, and he taught that God is now declaring that all people everywhere should repent because He has fixed a day in which Jesus will judge the world. Close quote. The Apostle John taught that Jesus was 
the eternal voice, the actual mouth of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. And then John went on to say, we have seen him with our eyes. We have looked upon him. We have touched him with our hands. And then John concluded, if we say we have fellowship with him while we continue to walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And his word is not in us. So, Mr. Lemon, it seems pretty clear what those who founded the church taught about Jesus and judgment, about hindering people and their sin. It appears there wasn't much ambiguity about God and what he was all about. It sure looks as if the church fathers thought the biblical definition of God needed to be honored and worshipped and not re-examined or redefined. I mean, stop and think about it. Peter was crucified upside down for this definition of God. Paul literally gave his head for this definition of God and the church. Thomas was impaled for it, and Luke was reportedly hanged for it. Church tradition teaches us that every single one of the original apostles, with the exception of John, was martyred for this definition of the gospel, of the good news, of the evangel, of the teachings of Christ, of hindering people, judging people. Yes, that is what we are told Jesus will do. He will come at the end of days to judge the living and the dead. All of the creeds include that truth. But Mr. Lemon, I'm sure you've got a retort. And I'm going to respond to it before you even venture it. Because this is what you're going to say. I can tell you right now. I can read your mind, Mr. Lemon, and all those who are tempted to agree with him. You want to say, that's what these guys said about Jesus. But he never made these outrageous claims about himself. Well, not so fast here. Let's look at what Jesus said. He said he was the great I am. A direct reference to God. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus said, behold, I am coming soon, bringing what? My recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Doesn't sound like a great big kumbaya group hug, does it? Jesus also told us that at the end of days, he would judge, quote, the sexually immoral and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, close quote. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Mr. Lemon, it appears that this Jesus, this Jesus that we're talking about right now, this Jesus that the apostles gave their lives for. This Jesus that reveals himself as the word made flesh and dwelling among us. This Jesus that tells us that he will judge the living and the dead. That's everyone at the end of days. This Jesus is what God is all about, Mr. Lemon. And what he said and what he taught is exactly what the church has been teaching faithfully throughout the centuries. 
Do you think that maybe, just maybe, these teachings of Jesus and the church should be obeyed rather than re-examined? In my book, in my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, due to be released April 13th, this coming week, I offer this. And this is a quote taken directly from the book. We must shake off our self-worship and arrogance. If we think we are God, there is nothing for us to learn, and there is nothing we cannot and should not do. Standing at the river's edge of culture, we gaze at our own reflection and shout with narcissistic confidence, not Bacchus, not Apollo, not Zeus, and not even Jesus surpasses such a lure as mine. With godlike arrogance, we deny Copernicus. Theologically, we are now all geocentrists. Declaring there is no sun, S-O-N, and yes, I spelled that right, we declare ourselves to be the center of the universe. We're not heliocentrists. We're denying Copernicus. We're now all science deniers. We're geocentrists. We are the center of the universe. Everything revolves around us. That's a problem, Mr. Lemon. But there is a solution. We can change. We can look to the wisdom of the ages for answers rather than being content with the foolishness of the new and the woke. Our self-aggrandizing navel-gazing may have brought us to the river's edge, but we need not drown. We can stop staring with infatuation at our own reflection. We can step back and we can admit that we're not God. Mr. Lemon, I'd be happy to send you a copy and discuss this with you. I'd be happy to send you a copy of my book. Grow up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. I'd love to discuss it with you if you'd like. A post-Easter message. A quote from John Wesley. If I had 300 preachers who feared nothing but God, hated nothing but sin, and were determined to know nothing among men but Jesus Christ and him crucified, I would set the world on fire. John Wesley. One more time on that quote. If I had just 300 preachers, only 300, who feared nothing but God, hated nothing but sin, and were determined to know nothing among men but Jesus Christ and him crucified, I would set the world on fire. John Wesley. Well, with apologies to John Wesley, might I presume to add and risen from the grave to this excellent quote? Let me read it again. If I had 300 preachers who feared nothing but God, hated nothing but sin, and were determined to know nothing among men but Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the grave... I would set the world on fire. John Wesley. 
Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created. This is the message of Easter, people. This is the message. This is the man. This is the God that we just celebrated. This is Easter. Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created for our salvation, he was made incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, buried, excuse me, buried, risen, coming again, ascended into heaven, coming to judge the living and the dead, and of his kingdom there is no end. A belated happy Easter. My Redeemer lives. So you see, what Don Lemon is missing is the acknowledgement of sin. Don Lemon doesn't apparently understand that every human being, for all have sinned, all of us, every single human being, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin, all of our sin, yours and mine, Don Lemon's, Ever Piper's, everybody's. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So everybody's sinned, and the wages of that sin is death. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, that at the end of days, he would judge the living and the dead. Jesus will be our judge. Stop telling me that Jesus says don't judge. We've talked about this. He says judge not lest he be judged. He's telling you that you're going to be measured by the same measuring rod that you use to measure others. Judge not lest he be judged. He's not telling you don't do it. He's telling you don't be a hypocrite. Hold yourself to the same standard that you hold other people to because that standard will be used by God himself to evaluate you. That's what he's saying. Not this nonsense about, well, we're not supposed to judge. Or that Jesus, he's not going to judge. He's not a judgmental person. He's not here to hinder us and tell us what not to do. Baloney. He's talking about judging the sexually immoral and those who practice deception. It's one of the last verses In the Bible, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created for our salvation, made incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, buried, risen again, ascended into heaven, coming again to judge the living and the dead. That's everyone who ever existed will have to pay account to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Again, a belated happy Easter. Your Redeemer, my Redeemer, lives. Don Lemon's Redeemer lives. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.